0: Heavenly Father, the lord bless your wonderful name heavenly father we appreciate you we thank you for the surety that we do have in you through your son jesus christ as we meet today touch every heart i pray thee lord remember your people we know that we are in your, in your presence as we meet today. Let our hearts not stray, but Lord, let us reach out with one accord, thanking you for what you have done, what you are doing. Lord, we thank you for your precious promises. Remember your servants where they are so far away in different locations. Lord, let them not, oh God, waver. But cause us, Lord, as we move forward to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might going forth. We can see how you've been on our behalf in every area, in every, every victories that we have, we have had. Lord, battle after battle. But my God, I pray that you'll remember your people on, uh, continually. Thank you, Lord, for this day. As we reach out to you, Lord, we thank you for your impartation of your precious word that is causing us, Lord, our eyes to be opened, our hearts to reach out in appreciation for what you have done on our behalf, what you will continue to do. We give you thanks for your mercies in Jesus' precious name. amen, Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: It's a good day. <clears throat> it's a good day to be in God's house. Yes, sir. I want to. Uh, prior, prior to the Thanksgiving weekend, um, I felt like the Lord gave us a message. And um, it's one thing preaching a message on Israel and uh, the Palestinian individual and in that part of the world, the Middle East crisis. It's one thing preaching about that after the fact. But before the war even started, the Lord gave us an insight here, right here in this church. On October the 1st, and uh, we talked about Israel, we talked about the nations bombarding Israel. And uh, the slant that the Lord uh, gave us that weekend was not um, degrading Israel and yet not putting Israel on a pedestal. Um, Israel right now is an ungodly nation. I know that a lot of preachers will condemn me for saying that, but you tell them about Jesus and they'll persecute you. Um, They have wandered away from God for a very long time, and that is why uh, the lesson we had on October the 1st was very prophetic. It was the Lord telling us before the incidents before war was declared, that um, we focus our attention on Israel. And uh, God has done that not only last weekend, uh, on the 1st of October, but He has done that over and over again in this church, where the Lord tells us things that will happen, and they happen. And it would be sad if you sit here, and you're so passive that you fail to realize what God wants. I would like, before it's all over, when we come, Uh, To a certain point in this church that we would only do what we feel the Lord wants us to do. I thought we had a good service last night. uh, Our brother Sam talked about uh, the conversion and the the need for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Genuine baptism of the Holy Ghost. But um, there are so many other things. Today I sat down home and I thought about it. I was up early in the morning, and I did not even feel like telling the Lord anything. And I thought of that song, but Raleigh sings. And um, sometimes I just want to praise Him. And sometimes, do we have that for a flash up? And sometimes all I do is cry. Uh, Can we flash that chorus up if it's there? I thought of it because this morning, In my quiet time, I did not feel like asking the Lord anything. I just felt like sitting down and cry. And when we think about it, when we think about it and while we're getting that, the crisis in the Mideast, uh, you know, if I, and there was a time I would say this, if I had a neighbor this is what I said many, many years ago, maybe 20, 25 years ago. How old is Jeremiah? Jeremiah mm-hmm. 16. 16. When Jeremiah was about uh, five years old, when, he was, when I had that dream about Jeremiah, uh, don't flash it up yet, I'll, I'll tell you when. When Jeremiah was about five years old, I had a dream that I was driving on Carthra. And Nadine and Jeremiah and Timothy were walking and decided the, the road I was coming from uh, from the north uh, going south and um, I stopped. And in that dream, Jeremiah ran around the car, car, the van, I think it was the, the Windstar at that time. And uh, when he ran around the Windstar to come and see me, a car hit him and crushed him. And I can remember that up to this day, how it sounded. And I jumped up, and uh, I thought about it, and from that time, we never sent him across the road by himself. We never sent him riding by himself. We always were overprotective of him. And at that time, I came home, and I said to me, myself, Someone kills this boy. How can I leave him in the graveyard, in the cemetery? How can we bury him and leave him there? You see, I can't, I, I struggled with that because he used to be afraid to even go out the back door in the night. And I can't handle that. I could not handle that. And that is where Chandri and I, we came up with a concept that, and I told Chandri, I say, if I die, cremate me. And don't bring my body and put it in front of the church. Open up and let everybody see me dead. And they said, he looks good. There's nothing good about looking at a corpse. So I told her, I said, when I die, close the casket. She decided the same thing. And so I thought, and I said to myself, if somebody kills Jeremiah, and they put that man in prison, and that time I was doing prison ministry, I would go and, you know, forgive the man and let them release him so I can kill him. (laughs) See, that's what the way I used to think. But that spirit has changed. I'm I'm no longer like that. I'm just telling you who I am. One day I'll really tell you all the things about me. Not today. Why did I say that? I say that because when I'm thinking of Israel, who is right, the Palestinians, the Jews? Who is right, really? Well, the Palestinians started a war. Right? And does it mean now I go and and kill all the Palestinians? Well, they started a war and an ungodly nation like Israel will fight the war. You started it, we'll fight it. Where do you and I stand? I do not even want a bird to get hit on the road. As a matter of fact, yesterday I found a a monarch butterfly lying on the ground. And I picked it up. Still had some life, but like it was injured or not well, I picked it up. And i took it up to the front where i have some millions a basket of millions of flowers it's all millions a lot of little flowers i put it there and it would not even move and then i went about my business came back and then it was brisk and sitting on top and then a few minutes after it's gone you see i don't even want to kill a butterfly i don't want to kill i don't even want to see a squirrel killed or a raccoon killed or Anything killed, much more a human being. See, if a man kills somebody, uh, they need to deal with him, let the law deal with him. But we can't punish a whole bunch of people in the neighborhood because one man killed somebody. And so the world is very unfair. And war is never nice. Because to think of mothers, whether they're Muslims or Hindus or whatever, running with their children to escape a war, it breaks my heart. Yes,
0: sir.
1: And we can sit and politically we argue, no, 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 we don't argue, we pray for everybody. We pray that God would have mercy on those poor people running for their lives. We pray that God would give us empathy. Not for animals and dogs, but for people. More than just a bird and a dog and a rabbit. We want to, we want to think that God will spare the people, but then the will of the Lord has to be done. And while every preacher in this world Almost every preacher is telling you that Israel is God's people I'm a little different because when the Lord gave us that lesson on the 1st of October before the war started I said to this church Israel is an unsaved nation In the days of Isaiah they were unsaved In the days of Jeremiah, they were unsaved The reason why prophets came was because Israel was always serving other gods And God had to send prophets to warn them and they killed the prophets They took Isaiah and saw him in half God's people, Israel, saw him in half And so the message I placed in this church on October the 1st, I didn't know there was going to be a war. No, you know, I, I, I got to tell you, you know, I got secret connections with, uh, with, uh, what's the people call? Hamas. Ma- Hamas. Hamas. I got secret connection. I knew there were, no, we didn't. That's how the Lord works in this church. And we had a lesson given. And if I was a member of this church, I'd go back and listen to that lesson. Over and over and over because God speaks to this church. And Israel is God's people in rebellion. And the Lord promises that he will bring all nations against Jerusalem to battle. Alright? I'm not going to be talking long on this subject here today. But... Um, He says he's going to bring all nations against Jerusalem to battle. And on October the 1st, I had a scripture that I dealt with in Zechariah. And I'm going to read it to you and tell me if you recognize anything. And Zechariah the 14th, the 13th and 14th chapter, especially chapter 14, it says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh Zechariah is talking to the nation of Israel. He's talking to the nation of Israel and he says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil, whatever you have, your possessions, shall be divided in the midst of thee. People will take away things and carry them away. And I will gather, the Lord said, All nations against Jerusalem to battle. Now, does this mean all nations around Jerusalem? Remember, prophecy is never explicit. And when, if I be ignorant enough to say, Well, here's what it means. I don't know what it means. Zechariah did not write it in English. He talked, he probably prophesied in Hebrew. And then somebody decided to translate it over in English And someone says, well, you got to get the scholars who the scribes They were blind as bats In the days of Jesus Jesus said, woe unto you scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites And when you think about it Here is what it says, I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle Now, could it be the nations around? I'm not sure. Could it be that Israel is gonna defy what the United Nations is advising it to do and turn the whole world against it? I don't know. The Lord said, he will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle and the city shall be taken. We're talking about Jerusalem shall be taken and the houses rifled what that means it means destroyed plundered and the women ravished molested taken away treated like they're not human beings it's in your bible we quoted this On October the 1st. And half the city. Shall go forth into captivity. But God will not destroy everybody. Because the elect. Will be saved. Because God will still use the Jews. That repent. To build his kingdom. See the kingdom of God. That Jesus prayed. He says father. He says our father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. That kingdom was what the angel Gabriel told Mary about when the angel Gabriel visited Mary and says, His name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins, and God shall give to him the throne of his father David. The Messiah, the promise that Mary heard was that there is to be a kingdom established and Jesus will be the one sitting to rule over it. Zechariah is telling us he will come back. When he was taken up, Matthew records, uh, as a matter of fact, Luke records that when he was taken up from Mount Olivet and he went up the... Two angels appeared there and told the disciples, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing into heaven? This same Jesus you see go, shall come again in like manner as you see him go. And when we look at Zechariah, it says, verse 3, when all these nations come against Jerusalem to battle, Jerusalem must come to a place... Where it bows the Jews must come to a place where they're busted. And I I went back and listened to that message and I said the the if the this I didn't call it the iron dome. I did not even know it was called the iron dome. I said this electronic protection that Israel has, uh, if it collapses, Israel is in trouble. Can you imagine? A thousand rockets sent in If there was no Iron Dome The Iron Dome is protecting it But it's sin And rebellion in Israel Is creating A weakness in that Iron Dome That before you know it Eventually it will collapse Hamas told me that No, Uh, scripture is telling me that it will collapse And when it collapses, things are going to happen And one of the things we held dear in our hearts for years Is a prophecy about the abomination of desolation When you see it stand in the holy place And that's the Muslim mosque that's sitting uh, The Dome of the Rock, it's nickname. I was looking at an article uh, that I read this morning about this uh, different name. When that collapses, if you live in Jerusalem, run to the hills, because there'll be hell break uh, that breaks loose on the earth, and God will create a great destruction. And this is said here in in verse uh, chapter thirteen, and it says. It says in verse 11, and it shall, uh, the Lord prophesy, Zechariah prophesying in verse 7, he says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn mine hand upon the little ones. And it shall come to pass in all the land, saith the Lord, two-thirds, Two parts thereof shall be cut off and die. This is talking about Israel. Uh, If you take this prophecy literally, it means that two-thirds of the the nation of Israel will be destroyed. You understand what I'm saying? Now, is it literal? Because the Bible has an element of describing things. When it says 10,000, it's not really talking of 10,000. When it said, Jesus feed 3,000, it's not exactly 2,000, uh, 3,000 exactly. It's an approximate figure. And uh, I like Luke, when he writes about it, he says about 100, about 120 were in the upper room. About 3,000, about 3,000 added to the church. When we're reading numbers, we don't know what the real numbers were in their original form. But um, we're looking at some of these things. I'm refreshing your mind. I should not really do that. I should not come and refresh your mind. You should have already listened to the message by yourself. But if you're non-elect, I don't expect you to listen to it. I expect the elect child of God to seek after truth. They that seek after me shall find me. And I'm just doing my job, preaching the word and hope that uh, God is knocking on doors. I've learned over the years that when I preach and you reject it, God will reject you. And I've learned over the years that when you fight against me, I don't fight back. God fights against you. He really does. And men that have stood against this church are no longer there. And I don't know how long I'm going to to live, but I had that dream again. That I went into a sepulcher and I told everyone, it's time for me to die And I went in and locked the door Like it was a sepulcher, like a tomb And then, this happened just a few weeks ago And when I got in I decided, no, I'm not gonna die now And I opened the door and I came out I told this church that dream And whatever And so when I'm thinking of all of these prophecy and then I want to finish with this It says then shall the Lord verse 3 when the nations come against Jerusalem Then shall the Lord go forth you remember I showed you a scripture in the Psalms Where the Jews will pray and says Lord return we beseech thee They will turn you read chapter 13 verse 1 what will God have in Jerusalem? In that day there shall be a fountain open up to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. Israel must ask God to cleanse it and forgive it. But Singh, sing, are you praying for Israel? Yes, I pray for Israel all the time. Just like when you come up for prayer here, I pray for you. You remember what I told you when you come up for prayer, how I pray? Oh, God, if it is your will, yes. heal this child yes. But if this sickness on this body has a purpose in, 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 in it, Lord and, and this person is stubborn, then keep the sickness And fulfill the purpose That's how I pray I'm not a fanatical guy, just hold your head and, and start to shake No, I'm real If it be the will of the Lord, may God heal you. And that is important. If you need a thorn in the flesh to keep your spirit humble, then may God keep the thorn in the flesh and give you grace to endure the job. Had it not been for the chastening hand of God, I would not even be here. But God is not judging me with wrath. He's chastising me. The messages you hear in this church is quite different Than what everyone else is saying And I'm telling you, I pray for Israel Oh God, if this is an opportunity to turn this nation Then whip them and turn them Because salvation is of the And God must return to build again The tabernacle of David which is fallen down Gentiles, the Gentile days are coming to a close. Mm-hmm. And so this morning, when I got up and I sat in my corner, I remember the song. Flash it up now. There we go. And, and when I remember the song, I wanted Brother Raleigh to sing it, and then Brother Raleigh sent a message that he's sick. So that's why sometimes I want to praise you. Sometimes just to speak your name. Your name. That's what i was telling the Lord. Sometimes I just want to thank you without even asking you for a thing. And sometimes I lift my hands to you. And sometimes all I do is cry. And that's what I felt like doing this morning. I felt like sitting down in my corner and crying and cry for individuals that if I leave this world and they're left behind how will they face this world? How will, who would give them direction? If I die and leave this church who will tell you the truth? Who will stand up here and not try to make the church into a social club? But let it be a church. And so this morning, when I'm thinking of all of this, Brother Joe, when I'm thinking of all of this and the darkness, and I didn't even feel like, stop crying. I felt like crying. Almost one box of tissue. And you sit down, and then I said, okay, time to get up. I need to get up and stop this silly thing that I'm doing here. And I got up, and I went, and on my memory on Facebook, I found a message on praise. Praise. And it was two years ago, Brother Joe. Two years ago, I picked it up and did some adjustments on it. And I, you know, the computer, you know, EI knows when I'm making changes on your article and I come to the end, it gives me the option. Slightly, it gives me the word. Edited by Diaz. And I bracketed it up. It, the, the the system knows what I should do, but I read about worship and I read about praise And I'm thinking in the age that we're living in We want to sing songs that make us happy We want to play the music that makes us happy We want to have the rhythm and the beat that will drive our flesh mm-hmm. and that's what the devil wants if he brings the flesh into the service, the spirit leaves. And the flesh can imitate the spirit. And so, when you, I read that article and I read it twice and I read it again and I understand how I need to praise God. You don't have to open your mouth to praise God. You don't have to say a lot of fancy words because God knows the very expression of your heart. And you can honor Him. Learn to thank Him for everything. He never moves because we make a decision. And I've done, I've done this when I was out in Pentecost. You get up there and say, Satan, I command you. <laughs> you know, And the devil sits back and laughs at you. Because God has ordained him. I mean you can cast a demon out And if you don't fill that person with the Holy Ghost That demon would go and bring seven other spirits And the last condition of that person would be worse than before you cast the demon out Amen. See we don't just don't want miracles and signs We want to be saved We want God to change our minds from the thinking that The way the world thinks we don't want Hollywood to direct our paths. We want God to lead us. And so when you're, we're here and things are happening, when things are happening, it is good for God's children to think about it seriously. Over in the book of Revelation... And I want you to turn with me. I preached on this scripture already. I don't know why I should even talk about it again. But what are you going to do? Peter says, "Wherefore I would not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, that you be established in the present truth." And here in Revelation the 9th chapter, and uh, here in chapter eight. Is a result of when the seventh seal is opened up. I don't want to complicate your mind Back there a trumpet was a warning When you take a trumpet uh, when you're living in those lands in those days now they have a siren going off uh, Back there it was a trumpet uh, You're sleeping in the night and you hear a trumpet pumpa, pumpa, pump a pom and the The tone of the trumpet will tell you whether the enemy is coming or it's a feast day or something to rejoice or get up and run. Trumpets were warnings and here are seven trumpets that were sounding and in chapter 9 it tells you the fifth angel, the fifth trumpet is sounding. And then it goes on in verse 13 and tell you the sixth angel is sounding in verse 13 And when the sixth angel is sounding, mankind is being destroyed. Verse 15, And the four angels were loose, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year, and to slay one third of mankind. Now, John is having this vision. And you think John has a calculator to check and see how much is one third? Or is he averaging? I think he's averaging. So when John looks, now is he seeing the whole world? I don't think so. I think he's seeing a region. And he's seeing that mankind is not the trees being burned up. It's not the sea being polluted. It's not the fountains of waters being destroyed and polluted. He's seeing mankind is being judged. Men are dying. But you know what Hollywood has done... Hollywood over the years was... Hollywood was invented by the devil to give you an exposure to th- things that you're seeing that you lose your sense of reality. So when you see a city collapse, you already saw that on, on TV. And Hollywood has dulled our senses and our feelings. That you think you're watching the news and you think you're watching another movie. You have no feeling of sympathy. You have no feeling of empathy. A person that cannot feel for suffering mankind will never be in the bride of Christ. The church is where we are prepared. And this assembly, ordained by God, is not here To just inform you. here. It's here. Listen carefully to me. Everybody got your ears? This assembly is not here. To educate you. To inform you. This assembly is here. To give you a message. That will judge you. Because if when you hear this. Message being preached. And you ignore it. It's not good And this is what is happening in the ninth chapter of Revelation And a third part of the men were killed And it says in verse 18 And by these three In verse 17 it tells you Fire and smoke and brimstone John is just seeing He don't know if it's a nuclear The word nuclear was not even invented When John was writing here If he saw a plane he'll think it's an iron bird As a matter of fact, we are so far ahead in time that if the the, one of the presidents, he's one of the smart men in the world, right? If Einstein is resurrected or some other uh, great guy is resurrected from the dead, Abraham Lincoln is resurrected from the dead and we bring him back and put him at uh, Pearson International Airport for 20 minutes. Can you imagine, Brother Hammond, what's going to happen? He never saw a plane before. And he's seeing a 747. A big old Lockheed 1011 coming in. And he's wondering what in God's name is going on here. Roads, what are those iron things? People are in. They call it cars. Can you imagine the shock... Well, John is just an ordinary man 2,000 years ago that is writing visions that he's seeing. So he's doing, he thinks it's one-third? Well, we take his word for that, approximately one-third. And when he sees fire and smoke and brimstone, he's seeing like a war. He's seeing a war. Mm -hmm. Imagine if you were there and you're seeing all the collapse that we're seeing today... It's fire and smoke and brimstone, rocks falling, things collapsing. But he's having a vision of the future. Peter, when Peter had that vision, Peter said the element shall melt with fervent heat. Peter, what do you know about the element melting? I don't know. I'm just telling you, I'm seeing things. He's seeing an atomic bomb exploding, but the word atomic was never even invented. And so men that are writing prophecy are describing it to the best of their ability. But men today that God has called must be able to decipher or explain what these men are saying. And unless God touches our minds, we will sit here brainwashed by Hollywood and social media that we have lost our sensitiveness to reality. It's a day of the fake Remember that day when I sat at, uh, at the dealership And I looked next to me Remember that? I posted something I sat next at the dealership waiting for Dodge to service my tongue and country And I'm sitting there And I look and man, there was this beautiful bunch of flowers in a vase Nice water level And I reached over, I like to touch stuff I said, my God, it's not real So I took a picture of it And wrote up a little something And said, this is a genuine fake Mm -hmm. And I asked myself Am I a genuine fake? Mm -hmm. And you ask yourself, are you a genuine fake? Do we pretend to to be something we are not? Mm -hmm. Are we fakes? And we can fake. Nobody wants to know, nobody wants to let the world to see them and how they look. Well, a little bit to touch up here and there. <laughs> In the morning, I went and I went to Winners and I found the little cream that says this will get bags from under your eyes because I scarcely sleep. And so bags are there. I don't have money bags, just skin bags. And so in the morning when I wake up First thing I do Wash my face quickly And hope it keeps the bags away I wish That I could get something That will not only check my blood pressure And check my sugar level But check my hypocrisy I wish We have a beeper at the door That it, the sound of it goes off When a hypocrite comes in And they're going to beep Beep, 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 you know, depends on your hypocrisy, wouldn't that be something, but guess what, we live in an age where nobody wants to be what they really are, do we want people to see us different, and that's okay, that's okay for a woman to be a little, have a little vanity, I always think sister Eunice looks nice. So I asked her son, I said, when she's vacuuming the church and she leaves her high heels there, have you ever tried it on? <laughs> and he grinned at me. <laughs> you, that'll kill you if you try to put that on, it'll kill you. How can she walk with that thing? But guess what? She does, and I tell her she always looks good. I'm tired of telling Chandri she always looks good. But you understand what I'm saying? Nobody wants to be exactly the way they are. We always want to create an impression. But it's not just a little impression. We want to go overboard. And when that affects you, then it affects your reality to life. And you would look at people dying and you would eat your ketchup and fries and don't have a problem. You see, blood... Spilling out, and you really don't care. See, but you should care. If you're to rule and reign with Christ and bring this world in subjection to God, and you'd care for the poor, and you'll, uh, Jesus will rule this world with, with empathy. <clears throat> Scripture tells me, hold your finger there, you don't turn. But, um, In Isaiah the 11th chapter, it tells us that when Jesus comes back, he will judge not according to the seeing of his eye or the hearing of his ears, but he will judge after not the sight of his eyes, but with righteousness shall he rule over the poor. Righteousness. Not prejudice. Righteousness. And today, if you're developing the mind of Christ, you'll develop... A sense of righteousness. You will come and want to please God. Uh, I don't even see God. But I'll try to please him. No, no, no. When you see me stand up here. I'm here representing God. And when I preach a word to you. You're pleasing God. When you take that word. And put it in your life. And no matter No matter what you do otherwise, your walk with God will tell me if you really love God. Don't be in denial. Don't be in self-denial of reality. He says it's one thing to be denying self, but it's another thing to live in denial. I look at someone and say, that's not going to hurt me. I don't, I look at my bank account going zero and I don't really worry because I got a credit card. No, let's not live in denial. Let's live in reality. And so comes down here and I got a few minutes left. It says... When one third of the men Are destroyed in verse 18 By the smoke and the fire And the brimstone in verse 17 It says Verse 20 And the rest of the men Which were not Killed by these plagues Yet repented not Of the works Of their hands That they should not worship Devils They should not worship their bank account, and the silver, and the brass, and the stone, and the wood. People love to worship themselves. We have so many idols today that are not like idols of the past. They're idols of the heart. The worst idol to have is an idol of the heart, where we are led astray. Oftentimes, we are our worst enemy. Don't blame anyone for your lack of competence. Don't blame the devil. Don't blame demons. Just blame yourself. Because when you stand before God in the judgment, he'll say, well, the devil to be blamed. No, no, no. He says, you were supposed to obey me. The devil has a job to do, and I have a life to live. I need the devil to give me that negative and the opposing fact in my life that makes me, that gives me the room to become an overcomer. All right? Understanding reality is what I'm talking about here today, not living a fantasy. Living reality And when you hear the message go forward From this pulpit Guess what I'm telling you today It will be the message God will bring back into your mind When you stand before him In the day of judgment and say I didn't know Yes you did You heard it
0: yes, sir. My
1: job is to preach Your responsibility is to obey what I preach And I'll be here I already have plans for the future For this church And next week we'll receive the offering To cover the expenses of the meeting Sister Indira You're looking forward for that? Well let's look forward for that Because you you comfortable In this church with the heating system Are you? Yeah, yes. The heaters are working? Yes. Well they weren't working last week When we turned them on We had to call Mr. Dimitri and he came and he took that whole thing out And he was here for a day and a half Fixing things and Pulling things apart and changing things And when he was done Brother Joe called he says They're all working And he loves the church so much That he did it for free What happened to the front door We still have fix that but you know, the last man that came, the first man that came, he supplied the wrong door. You see, I don't get paranoid. God's in control. Yes. We had a man and he left and he told them to build a door. I said, wooden door. And when they installed a went to pick it up, they made a steel door. And he says, no, the people wanted a wooden door. So he left the door and left everybody and we got back our deposit. Then the second man comes in and he says, we got the perfect door for you. I'll do the whole thing. It costs $15,000 and it's going to be fiberglass. Then when we found out from the real door builders, they said that's against the city fire regulation to put a fiberglass door in the front that you push that push bar a couple of times and you don't have a door. So there goes the second man. Then a third man came said this week, and um, it's not the third, it's like the fifth. The first one was from the street, he gave us a price. He looked at a church and he says, $24,000. I said, so Keep driving. And this one comes and he's going to give us a price, but he builds church doors. I show Sister Should Did I show you the picture of it? He builds church doors and we're waiting. So we'll get that. And Sister Indira, uh, <coughs> we got a heating bill coming in. And we've got other bills coming in. And how come you still look like you're not stressed? Because guess what? In 43 years, we never bounced a check. God has been good. How we make it, he knows. Yes. And this building has gone up in value. We bought it for $425,000. And it's in the close to $5 million Whoa. property right now. Sitting here, same place. Jesus. Same place. And I'm praying to God. That, oh, God, give us that money that we don't need tenants no more. His tenants bother me. Did he get back that bracelet? no they bother me because they're not they don't love the house like I love it yeah. i love this church yeah, when you're deep in deep slumber i'm walking around here yeah. in the night early in the morning i walk around here don't come and see me because normally i have my pajamas on so <laughs> don't, don't even come but i walk across here when brother joe was not living here and brother terry was not living here i would come and sit here and talk to God. I love God. God is the most important being in my life. And when these men are seeing so much of death, yet repented them not of the to God, they're still worshiping the idols. See, that's the age we're living in. We're looking at war happening and we are ready to condemn somebody and we're side with this person and listen. Why don't we understand that the will of God be done? And when someone is going through a trial, consider that it might be you, and somebody need to pay attention to you. All right? And do you know, Brother Joe, in that article, Helga's statement was in that article? Your attitude, your gratitude, Is responsible for your attitude. Two years ago. And then comes a German woman. And meets me and tells me that. And you think this world does not have angels. Amazing. See I'm here because they're angels. They're angels that encamp round about God's people. Alright let me finish this scripture here. I want to take you to give you one more scripture. And then I'm done. How about that? A verse of scripture too. back in uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. And Solomon makes a statement here. And, and this is important for us to understand. Because, you know, when things are happening to you and it's, uh, in, it's not really good things or good things. Solomon writes here, and he says a lot of things in chapter 7 of Ecclesiastes. But I want, uh, verse 9 says, Be not hasty in your spirit to be angry. Put that for me up there. Everyone, let's read that. Be not hasty in your spirit to be angry. Well, he he's on my toe. Well, that's, maybe that's why God gives you a toe. For people to step on it. Them that curse you, bless. Them that hate for you, hate you and despitefully use you, pray for them. That's the Christian attitude. Every one of us at this time with the war that's going on in the Mideast need to pray that God would have mercy. And the people in that region, whether it's Jew or Gentile or whoever, may God have mercy on the people. And thank God that it's not here as yet. But if the dome of the rock falls, that temple collapses, it's going to be here also. And we don't know how good we are until God starts to judge the society we live in. Don't take life for granted. Be not hasty in your spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Don't just get lose your temper. You, 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 they said lose your temper. Don't don't do that. Be calm. Learn to control yourself. I told us the, the young men, the young people in in South Africa when I was there in Johannesburg. I told them, I said, I've learnt over the years. I did security at a site uh, supervisor for. Three condominium, and I told a young man, I said, I choose when I want to be angry. I choose when I want to laugh. I choose when I want to be sad. I choose when I don't want to even manifest any emotions. So you can stand up there and cuss, 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 cuss. And I'm looking at you and then say, when you're done, are you finished? Well, now I'm really scared. I choose. And it's not that I choose, it's as God has made you strong, that you don't have to come under the circumstance. You control the circumstance, because God controls everything. Amen. And then in verse 14, it says in verse 13, Consider the work of God, who can make a stra- that straight which had been crooked. Consider, can God make a crooked man straight? Yes. He did that to Paul. He did that to a lot of men in the Bible. And he did that for me. Don't let anybody kill you now, Jeremiah. Because I got to forgive them guys. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? He changes our spirit. And then it says, in the day of prosperity, be joyful. God bless you, bless somebody else. Don't hoard it and hide it and say, "Got no money. Because next week, we'll talk about receiving some offerings. But you know, if everyone in this church pays their tithes, we would not ask for special offerings. We wouldn't. But some of us have failed God. And then you'll forget that. In the day of prosperity, be joyful, but in the day of adversity, don't ignore it. Don't ignore what God is taking you through. See it as a challenge. In the day of adversity, sit down and consider. I promise you that was the last scripture. Okay, can I give you one verse more? And Proverbs, back up a little to Proverbs chapter 24. Just a few pages. Proverbs 24. (coughs) And Solomon, who writes Ecclesiastes, and he wrote uh, Proverbs also. He says here in Proverbs 24. Verse 10. If you faint (coughs) in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Paul says... Because we have this hope, we faint not. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this service today. We thank you for your goodness. We pray for every child of God listening to this message that you will challenge our lives, O oh Father, and change us. Help us, O oh God, not to ignore reality, not to ignore adversity not to be like these men in Revelation that they look at the world collapsing and they still have idols of gold and silver. No, God, they worship the works of their own hands. Help us to be obedient and dedicated to you, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.